Um, so here we go. So Lord Jesus, um, we just welcome you into this time together, Lord. I thank you for it. Um, I thank you for time to be home, Lord. Um, so God, I just, um, I ask for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit for all of us, Lord. I ask for a renewed mind, Lord. Would you educate us today? Would you equip us? Would you inspire us, Lord? Give us insight into what you're doing behind the scenes in all of this, God, because we know that you are not unaware of all of it, um, that you have a good plan, that you're going to work all things together for good, that you are going to squash evil under your feet, Lord, and that you are going to arm your people, Lord. You say that we're going to trample on serpents, Lord, and that we are going to, um, yeah, just be able to trample lions and those things that are typically deadly, Lord, even plagues and viruses and stuff. And so, God, we pray the blood of Jesus over our doorposts, Lord, as in the Passover, God, that um, no sickness or illness, Lord, or death would um, come our way, Lord. Help us to be a light. Help the church to be the church in this time when there is hysteria around the world. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, we just uh, bind up hysteria and panic and fear. And we pray for an increase of more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, let's see. So let me dive into, um, so I was going to first just kind of go through some uh, very basics about like what a virus is. And so, um, viruses are, they're tiny. So they're like a hundred times smaller than bacteria. And there's four kinds of infections we can get. We can get a bacterial infection, a viral infection, a fungal infection, or a parasitic infection. So, um, viruses act differently than all, well they all act differently but viruses actually live inside of other cells and they have a parasitic um, property to them so they act parasitic in that they live off of a host cell whereas all the other infections live inside of organ systems so the way a virus works is it invades a host cell it injects its RNA it disrupts the DNA of the host cell which then causes a cell lysis, and then it basically explodes its viral parts <laughs> as that cell disrupts, and then that allows it to spread uh, to other cells in the body. So um, our, our bodies innately, God created us to know what to do with viruses, hence like fever responses or mucus responses, etc. But when we are not, when our immune systems are down or we have autoimmune disease or we're not taking care of ourselves, obviously that changes our body's ability to respond properly. So autoimmunity is a very confused immune system that's constantly overreacting um, because something's in there that doesn't belong and things have also been weakened. So every day it's just on overdrive and it's completely worn out. So it kind of sounds like uh, Americans. <laughs> just kidding. Not kidding. Um, so um, let's see, uh, coronavirus, so obviously there can't be tons of research on COVID-19 because it's you know, more newly recently discovered, but it is in the same family as MERS, which was um, a 2012 virus that went around, but we didn't see any of this hysteria happen, and then SARS in 2003. So they're in the same family, so we, so we have information for how we can prepare and treat, et cetera because of the family of viruses they're in. And if you understand how the immune system works, um, it calms a lot of fear because it helps you to be um, equipped. And so the body is gonna naturally produce a fever if the infection um, kind of gets the best of you, basically if the fever is stronger than your immune system. 
And so a couple of things that I didn't put in the blog that I was going to share on here. Um, so you can do um, apple cider um, vinegar baths. You can do like a cup of apple cider vinegar in a warm, tepid bath. Um, you can do that every like hour or every couple hours can help. Uh, one of the big naturopathic remedies that is often recommended is a wet sock treatment. And you do damp cotton socks covered in wool socks. So it has to be cotton wet cotton socks and it has to be wool over the top and then you go to bed so you can do this is great for your kids um, and the socks will be dry in the morning so this um, process helps your body to um, fight the infection and recover from the fever and this is you're only doing this for high fevers of over 101 um, oh michelle says wet sock therapy is great awesome so she already does it um another you know celery juice is all the craze um this is not a new thing medical medium is not a genius um he's just got popular because of social media but um celery juice has been around for a long time it's a natural anti-inflammatory so it's something cheap that some people might have around or now you can find it at costco or health food stores at least around here um that can just help with anything that's inflammatory at the core and then contrast showers are also great for high fevers so you do three minutes approximately as hot as you can stand it. So with kids, you have to be careful, but as warm as you can stand it. So three minutes and then a 30 second, like really cold. And you repeat that at least three times or basically as, as long as your water heater will allow. Um, and then you want to bundle up afterwards, get really warm. You'll usually have like a spiking fever um, for the next few hours or through the night if you do it at night before bed and then within 24 hours you should be doing significantly better so that can be really effective um, I think that was all I was going to share on that um, yeah hey, Jana, can I yeah. ask a question mm -hmm. uh, how long do you bundled up and super warm afterwards um, I don't know if there's a set time. Obviously, you're not going to bundle up or like if you're talking about a young child, you can't, you have to be careful not to bundle them up and risk them overheating. So you're obviously monitoring small children and just keeping them like warm. But the idea is that you don't want to get out of the shower and get chilled. So you want to bundle up, get warm, stay warm, and then crawl into bed and gotcha. try not and just to just to clarify, chilled. are you supposed to end with the cold then? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Or you can keep the cycle going if you have a big giant water heater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or if you're brave enough to weather the cold. I hate cold water, but it is actually really good. Contrast showers are also really good for helping your body to really um, heal from like grief or high stress or things like that. Um, another thing that I didn't share in the blog, um, I was at a functional blood chemistry seminar all weekend. So I got all kinds of extra good information when I was surrounded by all functional medicine, doctors of all walks of life. So chiropractors, MDs, acupuncturists, and uh, naturopaths. So got some other great tips. And, um, uh, they talked about different breath work, like different breathing techniques. So Wim Hof breathing, which, so I have not practiced it or anything, but I was just informed about it. Obviously with any of this stuff chew on the meat, spit out the bones, right? Because with any healthy practice, people rob from God, make it their own and then pervert it in the new age. And sometimes, uh, things can then get, you know, these people throw out the baby with the bathwater 
which isn't necessarily healthy either, but God did give us amazing physiology and people have um, discovered great techniques for helping our body fight. So the essence of the Wim Hof breathing or other like breath work techniques that are, some are a little less intimidating than Wim Hof. But the concept is that if you like practice them for about two weeks, you can completely calm um, and rebuild your immune system, calm a cytokine storm in the body. So it's great for people with autoimmune disease or a weakened immune system. Uh, it'd be something great for people to be doing right now just to keep your immune system strong or stronger. Um, and it's also a technique to deal with, help uh, deal with stress and um, grief is especially one of the things that um, Wim Hof, Wim Hof basically was a German like uh, researcher, scientist, and his wife committed suicide and left him with four kids and he was just completely overwhelmed by grief and, and he developed the breathing technique and started jumping in like ice cold ponds and, and learning how to breathe to recover to be able to care for his kids and that's where the technique was like founded. So, so you can YouTube it, Google it, whatever, look it up. But I don't know tons about it. I was just informed about um, the research behind it relating to like calming cytokine storms and, and uh, building the immune system. And he actually proved his technique. It's all backed up by science, which is cool. Um, he injected himself with E. coli because he was so confident in his technique that he injected himself with a deadly poison, did his breathing techniques and the cold water techniques and had no trace of infection. So that's, and then you, and you can pull blood and test levels in the body. That's, uh, that's proof. So pretty cool stuff. Um, anybody have any questions so far? Okay. Let's keep going. Um, so then, um, so lifestyle things. So I'm just going to kind of go down the, the blog and then add, add a few little things that I remembered that I just, I, you know, with a kid and stuff, I don't have time to constantly be updating blogs and uh, teaching so much anymore and podcasting and all of that stuff. So, um, but now is the time to be avoiding sugar and starches and things that break down into a sugar more than ever before. So those who have been proactive are going to be a lot less afraid right now because, you know, living, living this kind of healthy lifestyle, it matters for such a time as this. Um, and for, you know, anything really, um, I will say, I, who knows what the virus was that, or viruses were that were going around this year already, but the viruses that went through my office and my home are probably the worst I've seen since I've been in practice. So in over a decade, they were horrible. People got respiratory infections. Most people got it more than once. And it, was, it lasted at least two weeks. Some people had it for a few months. So sounds very familiar to and worse than what we're describing with the coronavirus. Of course, the news is only talking about the death rate. But the reality, the real truth is this stuff is happening with other viruses around the world every day and every month of the year and it just gets no publicity so we're just like in shock but if you're in healthcare and you do what i do or any type of, of doctor or healthcare professional or work in a hospital you're seeing this stuff all the time so for from my perspective i'm going this is absurd this is totally and completely ridiculous i'm not saying that coronavirus isn't serious and i'm not saying it's a joke what i am saying though is there's other serious um, 
illnesses that have been going around and the increase of disease and pestilence has been happening. There's something more behind this, um, whether it's God just waking up his people and uh, bringing people to their knees. He's always got a plan in it or there's, or there's evil behind it. That's got some, you know, more, um, uh, you know, a uh, nasty plan behind the scenes. I'm sure there's, there's that there's probably political parts to it. The media is very corrupt. So anyway, all that to say, um, Oh, hi, Gemma. <laughs> um, there is, I don't, I, what I saw go through my office this year, like the end of fall through the winter was a pretty brutal upper respiratory tract infection this season, yet nobody got tested to find out exactly what it was. And, um, but it all seemed to test primarily as viral. Those who went on the antibiotics did not seem to get better um, from what I observed because if it's virus, an antibiotic's not going to work and it's actually going to knock your system down and make you worse. Um, so controlling inflammation ahead of time, ahead of the game or right now and building the immune system and slowing down and getting good sleep and avoiding sugar, keeping the good fats up. That's vital. That is a huge way to protect ourselves. And then we're going to go through some more practical um, suggestions. And obviously we're not, we can't do all of them. That's not the idea. I just made a list for people to pick and choose from, especially the lifestyle ones, make sure you're doing like most of those. So um, avoiding sugars. And when I say that avoiding sugars and starches, when you read a nutrition label, um, let's say it has uh, some uh, box of crackers has 30 grams of uh, carbs on it. So 30 grams of carbohydrates. And then it has five grams of fiber on it. Basically 30 grams minus the fiber. And if you, and if it has five grams of sugar, say, well, five grams, you already know are sugar and then five grams are fiber. So that's 10. So 30 minus 10, 20, the other 20 grams of carbohydrates are starch, which is AKA sugar. So really it's 25 grams of sugar. So that's the, that's the unlabeled sugar on a nutrition label that isn't being uh, spelled out for us. So that's important to know. So if you're eating starches, that's like the glue, anything that whips up like a potato, for example, because people ask about potatoes all the time, like every day, multiple times a day, multiple patients, they always want potatoes back. But anything that has like kind of that glueiness to it that you can whip up is that's the starch in it that's amylopectins and that is the same breaks down the same as sugar that's going to raise glucose levels and spike insulin and it's going to weaken our immune systems it's also a food for yeast and bacteria and parasites and viruses so all infections live on sugar so we don't want to give them food right um, we all want to eat more veggies. Ideally, the less starchy vegetables, the better, but it's not like starchy vegetables are not uh, uh, totally sinful. But if you are more prone to yeast overgrowth and the things that anybody who's a patient has been educated on, then some people are more reactive and more sensitive to them. My body does not like tons of them. It never has. It probably never will just the way that um, God made me. Um, but doesn't mean I fully avoid them. You know, I still eat carrots and stuff sometimes, and I still eat whatever, a variety of fruits and vegetables and bell peppers and stuff. But I definitely feel better when I'm focusing on cruciferous vegetables, the high sulfur vegetables. 
because they work much stronger on phase one and two detoxification of the liver. Um, and good fats are essential. So our cell walls are made of fat. Um, our immune system needs fat to function. So a low-fat diet is not going to be good for building our immune systems. And short-chain short chain and medium-chain triglycerides are really important. So um, an example of a short-chain is a really good quality olive oil, and a medium-chain would be coconut oil or MCT oil. Um, we want to eat more raw fermented foods. If you have histamine sensitivities, then of course, just take that into consideration that I might not be talking to you. But in general, uh, more raw fermented foods are great for the immune system, great for detoxing the liver, great for feeding the good bacteria in the gut and building the good bacteria in the gut, killing yeast, all that stuff. Uh, bone broth, if you do get sick, like bone broths and warm soups and uh, cooked vegetables and Lighter meals like that are definitely ideal. It's not the time to be eating like a steak dinner per se. Um, incorporating raw apple cider vinegar and fresh pressed lemon and lime are great. And one of the things I do in a smoothie, um, I put a whole lemon in there. I don't do just like the lemon juice or a peeled lemon. I put the, the seeds and the, the whole lemon and the peel because that's where the essential oils are and that's where the majority of the nutrition is in a lemon or a lime. Um, getting good sleep and going to bed early and the more hours of sleep we get uh, before 11 o'clock before midnight is so critical to um, a healthy immune system so for us who have littles at home um, I already know that I'm more compromised right now because I'm like minus 2,000 hours of sleep in the last two years probably so I got more. I got sicker more this year than I have in over a decade because of the lack of sleep and the stress of just new motherhood and all the trauma that I went through in the last two years. So I am aware of that. So I am taking extra steps and trying to be mindful to do what I can to get, you know, better sleep or as much as I can while having a little toddler at home. Uh, but sleep is vital and low stress is vital to our immune system. And it's it's something that's shrugged off. We hear it all the time, but. Uh, it's neglected in, in American culture and like busy, busy cultures. It's hard. So, um, but getting outside, getting in the sun, getting moving, all vital, all things that we've all heard a million times over, but take it seriously, especially for quarantine like they did. Apparently got lifted last night after it was released, but Orange County where I live, we did get a mandatory quarantine. You're, you're not supposed to be around anybody other than your immediate household for until the end of March. And then apparently they lifted it. So I don't really know what's going on because I can't keep up with all of it, but I'm home here today. <laughs> I moved all my patients to long distance tomorrow. So I still have a full workload, but I can work from home and brought all my patient files home. Um, so we're just taking a, a proper precautions. I do have a toddler and I have been short on sleep. So we're, we're just trying to be a little wiser right now too. Um, you, all, you know all the things about washing your hands regularly, staying home if you have any signs and symptoms. I'm not going to get into that stuff. Um, you can, every person's repeating that stuff over and over. I want to give you more of the extra essential uh, tips. So one thing I do with uh, like peppermint essential oil, um, I keep it at work and I use it more as like a breath freshener just because I'm like working, working. I go, I go back to back with patients for six to seven hours straight. So I'm eating on the go, and then I put a drop of peppermint oil on the back of my hand and lick it off. Obviously, good quality one. I use the Nature Sunshine one. Those of you that are on here would know that, but um, just make sure it's an ingestible, safe to ingest kind. 
Um, but I lick that off. Obviously, if you're nursing, you cannot do that. Nurse, uh, peppermint oil will shut down your breast milk if you don't know that. So, um, Laura, you can't do that. <laughs> Bummer. That was the hardest thing to give up while I was nursing. I hated that. Um, but, but then you have all this antiviral, antibiotic protection in your mouth and in your sinus cavity, which is how these viruses are spread. They are spread by air through breath. So you're then arming your inhalation respiratory pathways with that one drop of peppermint oil to kind of knock out the virus as you're breathing every day anyway, and it's getting into your digestive system and your blood, anything that touches your skin or your tongue or your mouth um, is, is getting peppermint essential oil in it. Um, Michelle, could a hundred pound child do it too? Yeah. Yeah, they just might not like it. Just warn them <laughs> that it's going to be not sweet peppermint like candy, that it's going to be hot. Yeah, and a little intense. Um, but you could always put a little coconut oil on there or, um, or like the My Peppermint Patties recipe, which is what I shared in the newsletter. That's why I shared that, or the peppermint hot cocoa, because then you have like chocolate peppermint, it's a little more diluted, but you're getting the peppermint oil in and it just has so many benefits for respiratory, antiviral, antibiotic, antifungal, um, energy, antifebrile, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I'm just making sure I didn't miss any questions in the chat here real quick. Okay. Um, let's see. And of course using peppermint uh, two. Oh, another one I wanted to mention, um, because most people know about eucalyptus oil and when this, with all the, this being a respiratory virus, eucalyptus is good if you have a wet cough, but if you have a dry cough and you do not have mucus, do not use eucalyptus. You will dry out your lungs. So I, my go-to is eucalyptus for wet cough and lemon for dry cough. So if you're diffusing, for example, or rubbing on your chest, keep that in mind. Um, nebulizer, if you don't, if you have kids and you don't have a nebulizer, I would get a nebulizer. I finally got one and, um, they're awesome. You can, you can nebulize anything in liquid form. So of course you guys have heard me. I know Laura and Michelle would know this. Um, Rhonda, you may too, that, um, the silver shield, you can nebulize silver shield and it's amazing for upper respiratory tract infections. It's amazing for, um, uh, asthma, allergies, anything. And you can use it as preventative because then you're just arming the mucosal membrane in the upper respiratory tract. So the nebulizers can be a face mask that covers your nose and your mouth or a mouthpiece that you put in your mouth and um, you just kind of have to keep your lips sealed around it. The face mask is nice because it straps on, but some kids don't like that. So anyway, it's just turning liquid into gas so that you can inhale it. Anything that goes through the lungs goes straight into the bloodstream. So it's, it's like second best to intravenous therapy. And some people would say better than intravenous therapy just because there's less risk because you're not puncturing the skin. And it's a more controlled um, intake, slower intake. So um, you can nebulize the silver shield like we talked about. You can layer silver shield with lobelia essence, which is also nature sunshine, which is liquid lobelia. So it's a bronchodilator. For little kids, you're using like four to five drops. 
for, or for kids, I should say. And then for adults, you're using 10 up to 15 max drops for like incre uh, increased bronchodilation. So that's if you have a restrictive airway condition or disease. Um, there's liquid glutathione, there's liquid vitamin C, there's essential oils, and there's also liquid herbs. And all of those things can be um, nebulized. So for more than just coronavirus, for any sickness or detoxification or whatever, there's, you can get creative with uh, nebulizing. And it's actually a great treatment for many, many, many different things and um, potent treatment. Um, do you guys have any questions about that? Hey, Dustin. <laughs> Hi, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'm unmuted. <laughs> You're unmuted. <laughs> Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> so did anybody else have any, any nebulizing questions or any other essential oil questions before I move on from... I had one. Okay. I know you had said about the oregano oil um, being like hot if you chose to drink that. So yeah. So like the tip on how to get that down and then also if you would nebulize that or any other hot oils. No, no. Yeah. So don't nebulize like oregano, the hot oils. It would be torture to the mucous yeah. membranes. <laughs> So, and that's why in the flu shot, you're talking one drop and you really want to try not to get it on your lips. If you have any sign or any thought that you might have a peptic ulcer or a sensitive stomach, then you probably don't want to be ingesting um, straight uh, oregano. Okay. You know, like a drop of it, you could buy the empty gel caps and, and do it that way or, put, you know, nebulize or um, diffuse it into the air in a diffuser or put it on your feet with uh, carrier oil, put socks on if you don't like the smell or, you know, or make a roller bottle or something like that and just use it topically. Oregano is so strong okay. and even clove is pretty strong. Sure. So like with the capsules, could you open up like the ones that we have from Nature Sunshine, if we open them and then put them back together, that's something we could use for that? You mean, you mean if like of a different product, say that you were emptying it out and putting it in something and then reuse the capsules? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So you just yeah. put like one drop of it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one or two drops for an adult at a time. So start with one, just because when you're talking hot oil, start with one just to be sure. You can also dilute it with some MCT oil um, if you wanted to help it absorb better and be a little more diluted. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but it doesn't take a whole lot of oregano. That stuff is powerful. Um. Yeah, good question, because I for, there's so much that I'll be teaching, and then there's a million questions that could come with it that I'm just <laughs> can't cover all the bases. So if you guys think of anything like that, just ask. Um, I, I guess one, one other quick question about the baths. If you were going to do the apple cider vinegar bath, yeah. would you want to do that separate than like an Epsom salt bath, or could you combine them? Um, I have people who do them together, and I have practitioners who recommend them together. But my thought process is like one is like a salt and one's an acid. So I would think they would neutralize each other. So that always has confused me when practitioners do that. So I recommend doing them separate and they both have benefits. The apple cider vinegar bath can help a fever and so can an Epsom salt bath because Epsom salt is drawing. So they work differently. But I personally don't mix them together because the biochemist in me says that doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Okay. So obviously dehydration, I'm teaching that all year round, whether there's coronavirus or not, right? We have to be mindful to not be dehydrated, more water, less caffeine. If we're like sucking down coffee or especially energy drinks or anything like that has no benefit anyway. Um, but cool it on the caffeine, more clean water. Uh, wait, tap water has, you can get parasites from tap water. You can be ingesting prescription drugs in our tap water, um, bacterial infections, all kinds of stuff. Tap water is super dirty. Um, not good for our immune system. Um, so I mentioned in the blog, I mentioned um, fresh pressed ginger shots or um, eating fresh garlic. So you can take garlic like a pill, like a, you know, when you can buy encapsulated dehydrated ginger. What if you have your own well to Rhonda? Um, that's a loaded question. There are practitioners who say absolutely not to well water. Then there's others that say, yeah, it's well water. It's coming straight from the ground. I guess it depends how I would get your well. If you're, I would pay to have my water tested. If I had a well, I grew up on a well, I grew up in Southern Illinois out in the country. And so I grew up on well water, but we did have a water softener. So a water filtration system, but that water, no matter what smelled like rotten eggs. So I know there was high sulfur in that water and who knows what else, but I think it would be wise if you have a well to have it tested and make sure there's not like arsenic or, um, so, you know, I grew up across the street from cornfields. Now that I know what I know back then, I didn't know any of this stuff, but they, it's a, like a Monsanto field. It's a GMO cornfield, bean field, whatever else they're growing all around there. And then my, the creeks that go through the fields come and surround my parents' property and then meet behind their house and turn into a lake. So there has to be drain off from those fields going into the creeks, which is leaching down into the ground and into the well water. So now that I'm, I think about it, I, I think it would have been wise for us to test that water and just make sure that it was safe, you know? Um, unless it's like an artesian well, you know, and you know it's good, clean spring water, that would be awesome. But you can't trust all wells. So I guess that's my answer. I'm not the total expert there, but that would be my two cents. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since we've done that. Okay. Oh, Michelle said the same thing I did. Okay, cool. You have your own well. Yeah. So I think it could be a great thing. I love the idea of having your own well, but I think it would just need to be tested. And then if it didn't test good, then you'd want to put in a home water filtration system. Hi, Gemma Lovebug. <laughs> so cute. Uh, hi. Okay. I lost Laura on video. Let's see. Okay. Um, where was I on? My, I can see you guys again. There we go. <laughs> she being a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I was talking about the garlic being you as an antibiotic. So you can cut uh, garlic, garlic up into little pills and swallow it. Make sure you have food in your stomach because without food, it's, it can be hot on the stomach. And you will stink, but it's really inexpensive and it's really powerful. And I have a blog called My List of Natural Antibiotics. And so many of the recommendations on there are also antiviral. So those would be great suggestions too if anybody gets sick or wants some more preventative ideas. Well, I was going to add, you can make a garlic poultice 
or a garlic salve. And you blend up like a handful of garlic cloves, like eight garlic cloves with 10 drops of lavender in a third cup of coconut oil in a blender. You're going to make this like salve, like kind of like a little ointmenty thing or a poultice, if you will. And you can put that on the soles of your feet with socks over it to fight infection, or you can put it right on your chest where the infection is, and it will help draw out the infection and build your immune system and everything. So you're basically taking in all that garlic and lavender, which has properties of every antibiotic, antiviral, antifungal, all of that together, um, which are like a force to be reckoned with. So that's something that most people might have at home or have some of those products at home that they could make if they were quarantined. Um, the castor oil packs I already put on there. You can Google how to do castor oil packs if you don't know, but you buy organic castor oil and um, organic uh, cotton or is it wool, and you put the castor oil on there and you put it like over your right rib cage, over your liver or over your stomach or anywhere where you want to draw stuff out. If you have a tummy ache or you need to detox or whatever's going on or a respiratory tract infection, you put it over your chest and then you put a hot pack over it, like a warm, uh, you can do an electric one or a microwavable one, whatever kind of hot pack you want. Leave it on there about 20 minutes, and it literally draws toxins and infection out of your body. Um, so that though either of those would be great for bronchitis, any upper rep respiratory tract infection, or pneumonia, anything like that. Um, and remember, you can do it on your feet, too, if you don't want to do it on your chest. Uh, what else do I have on here? Obviously, using plenty of fresh herbs in your cooking and essential oils are great. Um, I give you, I gave um, my uh, recipes. You can look those up on my website: the flu shots, the detox lemonade, or the immunity. I love the immunity; it's yummy, and you can dilute that for little little kids. Mercy loves it; she begs begs to drink it. So I just make sure it's at least like fifty percent diluted with water, and I don't put any the lemon essential oil in there when she drinks it. Um, so I, so the recommendation that I sent out that I put in the newsletter that I recommended for everybody is the four grams of fish oil. So that is a great, and that's great for Laura, you had written in and asked, but that's great for nursing and stuff anyway, but, um, you're going to calm inflammation in the body. So you might see improvements. It likely will over time see improvements in even like thyroid health or anything else that's inflammatory at the root. If it's Hashimoto's or autoimmune, but keeping the inflammation down and the cytokine storm down, which was really the, um, the one of the most lethal factors of the deaths in the Spanish flu pandemic um, way back when. So if you can control inflammation, you can control expression of the virus to a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. Vitamin D levels and vitamin C levels are also, it's kind of the trio that is really important. So four grams or 4,000 milligrams a fish oil is really important. And then um, uh, about three grams or 3,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C. And then for vitamin D, um, I recommend taking the C and the D with food if you can. But D definitely with food because it's fat soluble. Vitamin C is water soluble, so it doesn't have to be. But with vitamin D, your rule of thumb is about 1,000 IUs per 25 pounds of body weight. So that, that helps you to determine how much to do for kids and um, or whatever age. Don't go by age. Go by weight and size. 
Um, let's see. What else was I going to say about that? Okay. So I wanted to share, well, let me, let me go back to dosing. Okay. So for the vitamin D, a thousand I use per 25 pounds of body weight, um, you can do 10 to 30,000 I use per day of vitamin D3 while you're sick for about three to four days. You can go really high dosing safely, but you're not going to do it for, for an extended period of time, like not even a full week, but just in the first days of serious infection, 10 to 30,000 I use per day, so which ends up being about 100,000 I use in one week. Um, is safe to get that infection down quickly. Um, there was a study done, a huge um, research study done. So I don't have the details for it. We talked about it in that functional blood chemistry seminar I did this weekend. But they basically did a huge study on the mortality rates of anybody who entered the hospital or the ICU. And the common denominator of those who passed away and died as a result of like their traumatic brain injury or their infection or whatever it was that got them into the ICU or admitted to the hospital, the common denominator for death high mortality rates was low, extremely low vitamin D3 levels. So having your D3 levels up within range like over 50 was a vital factor in surviving basically any illness and even overcoming injuries and stuff like that because your immune system can fight for you. So D3 is really important. So those that are down like below 25, they are at great risk for succumbing to flus and serious viruses like this. Um, vitamin C. So obviously there's a lot of really cheap uh, vitamin C on the market, right? You guys know that. So like the vitamin C from Nature Sunshine, the 1,000 milligram time release is really the only one I use. It's my favorite. But, um, that, and it has all the bioflavonoids in it. That is key. So the vitamin C with the bioflavonoids has the synergistic effect of actually doing what it's supposed to do. And um, when you are sick, so during times of, of sickness, same with the high-dose vitamin D, doing about 10 grams per day. So you want to spread that out throughout the day. So you're going to do um, 1 to 2,000 milligrams or 1 to 2 grams about five times a day to get up to a total of about 10 grams a day during the time when you're fighting an infection. That makes a huge impact on your immune system's ability to fight. And if you start to get diarrhea, you back down on your dose. So that's giving you a vitamin C push which also means you can use high-dose vitamin C if you have a colonoscopy or something like that when you need to purge the colon instead of drinking those nasty chemically drinks that they make you drink <laughs> if you ever have to have testing done like that. Um, you can do that with magnesium, Epsom salts, or vitamin C, anything that you can create a push with. Um, let's see. Did I have anything else? I think that's... It, um, cod liver oil is a great source of vitamin D and your omega-3s and also vitamin A. So that's great for kids. I'm hiding that in a smoothie for Mercy right now. And because she's young, if you train them young enough, she just will take a fish oil capsule and chew it up and, and eat it and thinks it's another chewy and thinks it's great. So if you <laughs> train your kids, kids young to do that, they usually will think it's a treat. 
Um, let's see, let me go back to this page. So all the other recommendations, um, the silver shield's probably worth talking about. We talked about nebulizing it already, but I'll talk about that. So um, little kids, um, a quarter, little, little kids, toddlers, babies, a quarter teaspoon a day is great prevention. It's also the same dose for treating them if they get sick. And you can also use silver shield. So the one I'm recommending specifically from Nature Sunshine is a patented product. So I'm not taking responsibility for the use of uh, like really inexpensive or homemade colloidal silver. Um, but silver sole technology or a structured silver, a reputable silver, um, you can nebulize it. You can't overdo it. You can't overdose on it. Um, and if the infection is really bad, you can use instead of a quarter teaspoon, like in a baby or a toddler, you go up to a half teaspoon. So you just double the dose and you use it more frequently throughout the day. So like if Mercy got a really bad respiratory fact, uh, tract infection, instead of giving her a quarter teaspoon for prevention, I'd bump it up right away to a half teaspoon and I'd probably give that to her three times a day until I saw her symptoms um, decreasing. It's such a good one because it tastes like water and it's easy to get them to take it and just really squirt it into their mouth with a little medicinal uh, syringe. Just make sure it's always on an empty stomach and not mixed with food or salt or anything because that's the only thing that will deactivate it. Um, and then in adults, like the bottle will tell you a teaspoon of, um, one to three times a day. But in really serious colds and flus, or if we're talking coronavirus, you're going to be using more like one to two tablespoons two to three times a day to knock that sucker out. You just, again, want to make sure it's on an empty stomach. Um, let's see. Does anybody have any other questions about the use of silver or adding lobelia to it or nebulizing it or anything like that? I think all of you have been trained well in that. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Um, Kirk, did somebody click on? No? Well, I was just going to ask real quick. I know you'd kind of mentioned like looking at this list and then picking some to do. Um, so I guess just like maybe a little snippet on what you think as to, you know, like, what you should, how you should try to figure out what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's like if you have some of that stuff laying around your house, because sure. a lot of it's like, oh, okay, well, I have, I have some elderberry D3 fence left over. I've got some C and I've got some D. Great. Sure. Do those. You know, if somebody has a really compromised immune system, I mean, I would get everybody on fish oils of some sort. However, you can get it in them, hide it in if it's a liquid, or you can open the capsule, you can squirt the capsules into something and hide it in honey or a smoothie or, you know, a little lemonade or something like that. You can buy uh, um, uh, the cod liver oil if you want that. Nature Sunshine does not have cod liver oil, but it's not necessary. I just use the Super Omega-3. Um, well, because I can get Mercy to chew up the capsules, and I make a smoothie for us every single morning so I can hide anything in there so that's that's what I do um, but um, and we used to have the super omega-3 gummy so if anybody still had some of those left over I'm out of them now and they discontinued them and their new their kids line doesn't come out until April and I don't know if that's going to get delayed with all this crazy going on or not but um, 
their dosage recommendation for figuring out the amount of fish oil thinking of my kids. Yes. Um, hold on. I'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, so look, the little kids, Chewies, um, those were great. Somebody might have them from like Nordic Naturals or something like that. That would be fine. Um, there are some that do have a significant amount of cane sugar. So there's that, that's a bummer. They're always going to have a little sugar if they're a chewy usually. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to say about that? I don't know if it does, if I do, I'll come back to it. But, um, so dosing. So I thought I put this, uh, yeah, kids one to two grams a day. So like a thousand milligrams, 1500 milligrams in Mercy is actually like the size of a three to four year old, <laughs> even though she just turned two, she's really tall and strong. So she weighs uh, like 40 pounds um, or pushing 40 pounds already. So you go by weight, not age. Um, and so I'm giving her about 1500 milligrams or a gram and a half of fish oil per day. And I don't obsess over like the it being this exact amount, like if there's still some in my smoothie or whatever, I know it's not going to hurt her right now. And the extra anti-inflammatory at this time is a good thing. Um, and then a little bit bigger kids, just think of like if um, an average adult is, I don't know, between 150 and 200 pounds, then, and we're doing four grams a day. If you have a really big person or like a big guy or somebody's um, a bit overweight, maybe you want to go up to five grams a day. That's fine. You're not going to hurt anybody. Or if you have autoimmune disease or more inflammation or any, any like chronic illness, doing six grams a day is a good place to start to really uh, nip that inflammation um, right away and get it down. And what you just beware that you, if you notice inflammation coming down and let's say you're on thyroid support, because so many of my patients are, you may start noticing like heart palpitations and feeling like racy or trouble sleeping because you're actually calming your Hashimoto's, the autoimmune response to your thyroid. You may need to lower one of your thyroid uh, products. That could happen, for example. So with the kids, you're going to be fine, toddler age to, you know, whatever, uh, 50, 50, 60 pounds-ish, doing one to two grams a day. Um, one gram a day would be, would be sufficient, especially if you have a big family and you're having to buy supplements for tons of people. Um, and you can eat more tuna. Uh, in our family, my husband's a fisherman, so we happen to have a whole freezer full of fresh wild-caught tuna from the ocean right here. So I'm going to cook more tuna right now or... We have lots of uh, ahi, um, and, and we have canned tuna too and stuff, and salmon and whatnot. So it's a good time to be eating fish and getting those sources naturally, making trail mix, getting it from nuts and seeds, and other good sources. Um, what else? Curcumin, so like turmeric is a great... Um, immunomodulators. So it's neither known to neither stimulate nor, um, well, it's just an immunoregulator. So there's some, a few herbs that can stimulate the immune system and trigger a Th1 or Th2 response in people who are prone to autoimmune. You don't know the, like who's going to respond, but basically if you take it and you have joint pain or you notice your autoimmune system symptoms flare up, then just put that product down. That's not the product for you. That wouldn't be the wisest one to choose. That's just that. That's the evidence that you're triggering a cytokine storm. Elderberry can do that in people. 
Um, so beware of that with like the elderberry D3 fence or any of the echinacea type products. Um, but to be truthful, anything can do that. So when that question comes up, I'm not going to answer and address those questions on social media for people and stuff because there are some people that like for me, curcumin makes my joints hurt. Like I don't, it's not the best immuno product for me, but it is for most people and most people feel better with it, but I don't. Um, VSC TCM is a great, uh, like a multidisciplinary antiviral and the C in it stands for vitamin C. So it's got vitamin C rich uh, products built into it. It is a, a traditional Chinese medicine formula. That does not mean it's like coming from China. It's just in the formulation and types of herbs they're using. Um, but the, um, the product in and of itself, one per day of the TCM concentrate, that means that, the, that one capsule is equal to four of our regular VSC that's not TCM. Um, so you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, but one a day is a great uh, immune protection. Um, and it's especially good for people who get who either have genital herpes or get fever blisters, whichever herpes simplex you might have. And then we take that in high doses during an outbreak or if your immune system is susceptible, like two per meal. So six a day. So one bottle will only last you um, uh, six a day, five days if you're taking six a day because there's only 30 capsules in that bottle. But that's an example of how high you're going to dose it if you have an outbreak of something or if you get like coronavirus, you could mega dose VSC TCM. It does come in a liquid and it's not the TCM kind. It's just the regular, but it is VSC liquid. Makes it easier for kids to take or hide in things. Um, you anything that's a liquid just so you know if you can't get something in a body and somebody's vomiting or whatever you can always take things and mix them with like coconut oil or carrier oil or a liquid tincture extract and you could rub them on the spine or on the belly and go in topically i know michelle says it's on back order right now i know i just ordered it last week and it says it's on back order till like april 3rd or something so if you wanted it you would want to get your order in asap um to so that it goes out as soon as it comes in, <laughs> basically. But I did order um, this week. I order. I put in a huge order this week, and I ordered like ten bottles of the large Super Omega Three EPA, and all of that stuff came. So they're they're doing the best they can. They really they're not back ordered on too terribly many things. Which well, so far that could change every day. But so far I've been able to get everything I need. Because even if I can't get BSC, I've got so many other options to treat patients. So. Plenty of other things we can use. I love the next one on the list, the Echinacea Golden Seal. As always, there's always going to be somebody who can't take uh, a product, but Echinacea Golden Seal is a force to be reckoned with. If you get a serious infection, this comes in capsules or liquid. I have this in my cabinets. This will knock out a nasty infection. You don't have to know what it is, whether it's bacterial or viral. Just take it. If it's kind of working and not enough, take more, <laughs> basically. Um, only note is do not take golden seal if you're pregnant. Um, Echinacea golden seal is also awesome for UTIs too. Golden seal is great for the bladder, urine, uh, the genital urinary system, I should say. Um, essential seal, shield essential oil. That's in uh, what I make the hand sanitizer with. I'm just doing isopropyl alcohol in the spray bottles from Nature Sunshine, the amber one, and uh, essential shield and in my office I'm just using straight silver shield 
in, uh, in the thing just because I have people with allergies to eucalyptus or, you know, I don't know who's coming in that's going to use it. So I'm just using the straight silver shield because it's the safest in that situation. But in my diaper bag and in my purse, I have the one that I put the recipe on my website. Um, let's see. The, and the essential shield is a great single product to diffuse just because it covers so many bases. Um, great immune support and also great treatment if you get sick. It just covers lots. It's got 10 different oils in it. So there's not very many companies that have such a complex like immune product. The only problem is if you have people with allergies that are sensitive to lots of oils or plants, then that would not be the best one for them. Um, I'll let you guys ask if you have any other essential oil questions regarding diffusing or which ones to use maybe. Um, the My Immune Defense Powder, um, it came out new this year. The My stands for myco or medicinal mushrooms. So it's a combination of six of the medicinal mushrooms. It's got like chaga, turkey tail, lion's mane, shiitake. I can't remember what the other two are in there, but um, it is really a neutral flavor and it hides really well in a smoothie. You can't taste it at all. So I love that product. Just started using it this year. The Immune Stimulator is a combination of um, immune building herbs and then has also got beta-glucan in it. So instead of just buying straight beta-glucan, which can be really expensive, it's beta-glucan plus some medicinal mushrooms and herbs all in one. And um, so for if you know the cost of those kinds of products, um, it's a pricier product, Immune Stimulator is, but it is a really good price for what that product is. And for people with a weakened immune system, it's killer. So that is a good way to just do an overhaul on your immune system, but you'd also want to attack infections if you know you have them. That's going to be working with a holistic doctor to get like a proper diagnosis and treatment plan. Um, N-acetylcysteine is awesome for anybody with asthma or respiratory, like chronic respiratory problems. And if you have allergies, you can use N-acetylcysteine. If I wake up and I'm kind of sneezy, we've had a ton of rain in California, so everything's in bloom and it's been warm. Like, you know, it's warm here all the time for the most part. But so when it rains, then we get a bloom like immediately. And we are, we personally have tons of fruit trees and, and we grow lots of, um, I don't know, just fruits and vegetables and stuff in our yard and herbs. So we have lots of things always blooming. So I might get sneezy or something, and um, if I just notice I'm kind of like sneezy in the morning, I take an N-acetylcysteine, and literally within like 15 minutes, I feel uh, a complete difference. Like it's, it's completely gone. So that's a little trick that is helpful that anyone could safely do or you could do with your family. And it would also apply to a cold or, or flu or current infection. So you could up the N-acetylcysteine, like one with breakfast and dinner, see how you're doing. Um, ALJ. They're two completely different products. If someone has a ton of sensitivities, for example, then go with um, N-acetylcysteine. I love ALJ. I've been using it for years. It's four herbs. It's a drying formula. So basically, if you have mucus or phlegm in the upper respiratory tract, sinuses, nasal passages, or lungs, it's, but it's for mucus, then a, think ALJ for sure. But if it's a really bad respiratory tract infection, you're probably going to need to blend N-acetylcysteine and ALJ. And ALJ comes in liquid or capsules. And the liquid kind, for if anybody hasn't used it for kids, is awesome because it very much tastes like herbal honey. So you could start with ALJ just because it's easier to get into a kid. Um, 
And then if ALJ is helping but not quite enough, you could increase your dose, double your dose. If that's still not enough, then add N-acetylcysteine to it. That would be a great like doctor mom protocol. <laughs> Let's see, anything, thank you, I'm getting NAC to add, yeah. So I recently, I used to use ALJ all the time if I got like the sniffles, but this past year I started trying NAC and I was so impressed. So my body responds, it's a precursor to glutathione, so it just works totally different than using drying herbs. So you could really just experiment to see which one's giving you better results. And they all, and of course can always be combined. They would be easy. And I don't know if you guys do this and know this, you probably do, but tablets are easy to throw into a smoothie and just blend up. You can open capsules too. I love to hide things in smoothies. Um, we already talked about that and that and that and that and I'm not going to get into the homeopathies. I put it on the blog. That's all I'm going to say about that just because I'm not, I'm not a homeopath. I'm not formally trained in homeopathic medicine. So I really don't think it's my place to give a ton of homeopathy suggestions right, you know, right now when I have all these others. Um, and then, you know, you guys, I know who's on here and it's a small group of us. So I know you guys are not afraid and freaking out and hysterical. So um, depending on who was going to be on here, I thought it was going to be a much bigger group because I didn't know that the system was going to like shut down and do what it did. But, um, you know, gratitude and a good attitude are huge for our immune system. Like they can take people in different states, like not states like as in geographical, but different moods, different um, mental status, you know, and test their blood and take all these factors into consideration and literally see what your immune system is doing. And it's really amazing. They talked about the cytokine storm that happens in our body. Okay. So listen to this, you guys, when a couple, a husband and wife fight because you love each other and there's so much like, you know, there's so much, um, I don't know, baggage, so much involved when you get in even a little argument, the cytokine storm that happens in your body stays elevated for up to 72 hours. And that is often worse than what is you're going to get from like a cold or flu. So just to kind of put things into perspective, um, but also to make you realize that if, if you're fighting with someone all the time, you've got to get to the root of the problems and deal with these issues like becoming new parents we've been going through stress these last two years you know we're both self-employed we live in california i got dealt with all kinds of trauma these last two years so it's just been a lot to try to juggle so that's stress i'm sure if we tested my blood <laughs> these past two years we would see that there's been a lot more inflammation and the much higher um like immune <laughs> panic going on in my body and I can feel it. I have been able to feel it and it's better getting better now, but um, it's just reality. And so when we're grumbling or we're complaining or we're operating in fear, it literally changes our body's physiology and it crashes our immune system. So the bottom line is like, we can't afford to be afraid right now. We have no choice but to trust God and to be proactive, but to be keeping spiritually nourished and to put uh, behind us, like we've got to forgive, we've got to let go, we've got to 
um, as the word tells us to, to try to be at peace, um, no matter what, you know, with people and to make amends or make that phone call because letting that stuff go is literally and not letting it go is killing us and it is affecting our immune system and it does affect our physical health, which then affects our ability to serve and to be a city on a hill and, and salt and light to this broken world. And Jesus is coming back soon. Like we are seeing prophecy fulfilled right before our eyes. It's, um, it's really cool actually. And so I think we can have a really good perspective in these times with, that they're calling a pandemic. Like we're not surprised, right? We're not shaken. We're not shocked. We're going, wow, like it's really happening. Like we were chosen for this generation to witness these things. And we also know that while there's going to be a lot of crazy signs and wonders are going to follow and we're going to get to see it. If our, if we are sober and vigilant and we are looking around and observing what's going on and we are walking in the spirit and we're walking in discernment um, and we're not sleepy spiritually and we're doing our best to not be physically sleepy. Um, I just know that God, I, that God, I really believe there's, he, we're going to see some really big moves from the Lord. And that's exciting. So I don't know what that's going to be. I don't, I haven't had some great prophetic word from the Lord on that or anything, but I, I know he's moving and I trust him in this. So I just wanted to encourage everyone in that as well. Um, I think that's about all I have. So I would just at this point, open it up. If anybody has any other questions, Michelle says, NSP vitamin D3 says 100 micrograms. How many IUs is that? So that's 2,000 IUs. Um, so 50 micrograms is 1,000 IUs. R remind me, Michelle, does, is it um, 100 micrograms in two tablets? Okay, hold on. I said that in two, two tablets is 100 micrograms. So just know this, every tablet from NSP is 2,000 IUs. So that's actually 4,000 IUs. So 50 micrograms is 2,000 IUs. I said that wrong. I can never keep, I just had to learn that um, conversion. I've only, I've, I've talked in IUs international units for 15 plus years. So them changing the labels to micrograms this year makes me feel like I don't know kindergarten math. <laughs> but what I do know is that the tablets are the same as they used to be and every tablet is 2000 IUs so if one tablet is 50 micrograms then 50 micrograms equals 2000 IUs so hopefully I said that right if this is being recorded but okay okay any other questions from anyone or anything else you want me to answer before we go for this one what's that i'm just gonna talk for this one yeah um different people saying and recommending you cut out um to be using electrolytes to help oh, with yeah. water yep. what is your take on that uh, my take on that is that almost every person is deficient in electrolytes and is dehydrated um, and a lot of us are drinking like, you know, three liters of water a day or two liters of water a day. Like we're drinking plenty of water, but we can't, we're not actually hydrated because of electrolyte deficiency. And 
the research shows that most people are deficient and there's and so many people are doing keto or kind of like keto paleo type diets and so that is a setup for electrolyte deficiency so yeah i'm a huge fan of supplementing electrolytes i had my blood tested i did live blood cell analysis a couple times this past year and um i was really deficient in electrolytes do you have a recommendation of electrolyte? Yeah, so I'm getting my patient portal set up for Apex right now um, because their Electro pH is a killer product and it's one of the few on the market that has bicarbonate in it. So that's something that I will have like maybe by the end of today or by the end of this week, um, all my patients will have access to, or actually that I do have access to it because I have a full script dispensary. So I can, uh, anybody who emails the office, I can send that to because you can't get Apex like on health food store shelves or you may as a practitioner you may have access to it so but that's my favorite yeah so if somebody's peeing all the time that's I mean if you're drinking caffeine all the time that would be an explanation <laughs> but if you do drink caffeine every day you're that's also a setup for electrolyte deficiency so yep I would agree with that. And that plays a role in, you know, if you're deficient in electrolytes, you're going to be acidic blood-wise. All your tubes are supposed to be acidic. Tubes are supposed to be acidic. Blood's supposed to be alkaline. So um, you can't be pH balanced without proper electrolytes. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've done Solstic Revive, and I wanted to, I've been looking in other options. Yeah. You know what? I totally forgot about the Solstic products because I can't take them. They give me a headache. But Solstic Revive and, um, oh, what's the new one? Solstic Revive is an electrolyte drink that is great. Um, other people love it. I have tons of patients that take it. I just, it gives me a headache. I don't know why. Um, Why do the rejuvenate? That's what I was trying to think of. I couldn't but that's think of pricey. Anyway. It's well, it's pricey because it's a very combination product. So I can't take rejuvenate either because I can't take methylfolate. So I'm an overmethylator. So I'm one of a very small percentage of people that has these odd sensitivities of stuff I can't take. So like Corrine takes rejuvenate. Rejuvenate is pricey, but it has your methylfolate. So it's like helping your body detoxify. It's giving you methylation and glutathione support. It's your electrolytes. It's like, oh, she did that. Um, her and her husband did that uh, to hike Rim to Him, the Grand Canyon hike. And it was great for them. And I was, that's what I was like, oh, I'll take it. And then I'm like, oh, because it, it's also building your uh, nitric oxide levels, right? It's a nitric oxide uh, supporter. So it's like got you got like all these 10 bases in one and it tastes good and I can't take it. So that's a bummer. So I would have yeah. to probably make my own like scoops and make little baggies of something to train like that with. Yeah. I'm still taking it even after we hike the Canyon. That's what I use through the Canyon. Yeah. But well, I would recommend it daily cause like a nitric yeah. oxide, um, a supporter, it, most people are super deficient in nitric oxide and like need that support. But I did notice <laughs> this might be too much, but like when we were hiking the can, like when we were training for the Canyon, mm -hmm. 
and even in the canyon, and since then, sometimes not as often, my urine smells really strong. From uh, rejuvenate? I think it's related, because I can't relate it to anything else. Is it yellow? Um, not during the canyon, no, but yes, at home, I've noticed, yes, sometimes. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could be detoxification, it could be dehydration, like... We'd have I think to, it's know. detoxification. Yeah, it might be detoxification because it has, I mean, it has methylfolate. So it's supporting daily detoxification, you know. Yeah, I love it. So I'm I know. curious what other options are out there. Yeah, I, told, I forget about them when I can't use them. I forget about them because they're out of sight, out of mind for myself. Um, but that's actually a killer. Elect but if you're a person that has to have just electrolytes and you know, weird like me that can't have like, some combination products, then you can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Laura said, I wanted to double check on avoiding sugar. Would you recommend, even if you're not sick yet, just making sure that you would suggest being really strict with that to prevent, yes, to prevent sickness, not just treat once you're sick for our family, apples, bananas, starches, that kind of thing. I mean, you can still do some fruits and stuff. It's about keeping, um, Unless, unless somebody's like specifically on a treatment plan and avoiding fruits even in the beginning because of candida overgrowth or something, but like some fruit, but you don't want to be eating like fruit as your main courses and stuff like that. But yes, this is a preventative lifestyle. This should be a way of life. Honestly, we don't just like want to fight candida overgrowth and then go back to eating tons of sugars and a high glycemic profile. Like nobody's going to thrive and be able to keep a really good, healthy immune system doing that. It, once you're sick, it's it, like, in a, honestly, it's too late. It'll benefit you to cut the sugars once you're sick. It definitely will have its benefits, but it, that's, that's not when you want to do it. You want to do it. There's no better time than now than yesterday. Um, and, and I will say, and I don't mean this in any shameful or prideful way or anything, but I hope, I do hope, and I know not the necessarily you guys on this call because I know you guys, but I hope that this is a wake up call to the world that like, you know, how we are spending financially and if we have any say so in it and how we're taking care of our health, like being proactive in these things um, for what is within our control, right? If, if you have cancer right now and, and you are living a healthy lifestyle, like there, we're not trying, I'm not talking about that. And if you had lost your job and finances are tight, like that's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, if we're living for ourselves and spending frivolously and not putting anything away for the quote unquote rainy day or the crisis and thinking it's never going to happen to us, tons of people are in major crisis right now. But the reality is, is they weren't prioritizing and they have money to be at the bars all the time and just blowing money and you wouldn't be in crisis. You'd be able to go for two weeks and not panic and you wouldn't be in a total panic and your immune system would stay a lot stronger if we were just doing the right thing each and every day or most days, right? Cause there's no perfection. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not perfect. And it's not like we never splurge, but, um, but we want to be wise. Like God tells us to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And he's talking about all aspects of our life. He's a holistic God and it really does matter. So I do hope that it wakes people up to say, you know, um, even if I can put $10 a week away or a month or $100 or whatever it is, um, it matters and it adds up and it does give you a cushion, especially out here in California where the cost of living is so high. People are freaking out. 
you know, because it's, it's very expensive and most people can't save and, and save much. But I do know a lot of people who eat out all the time and have to have their coffees out all the time and have money for eyelashes and nails and pedicures and hair and lots of frivolous things that we could be wiser, you know? So, um, okay. How are you doing with the family? Okay, you guys, I'm going to jump off here. It was, it was a pleasure to do this and, um, I will send out the recording and maybe I'll do it again. Um, depending if we can get our platform set up. Okay. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.